para atrás. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Beijo de coração aberto para receber. Good morning. This morning I want to share with you on understanding vocal vocal power. And it has to do with the ability to translate what you say under the unction of the Holy Spirit. I know that sounds kind of odd and kind of weird because, you know, we're anointed and we're saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We're blessed of the Lord in our ministry uh, and everything is okay. But the problem here is that when Paul brought in the word prophecy in 1 Corinthians 12, when he spoke on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he tagged one of them prophecy, which has nothing to do with a prophet. It has to do with vocal power, edifying, building, comforting. Now, if you go to Scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14, 3, it, prophesying means edifying, building, and comforting. Now, it's an old thing. And so it creates a, 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 a choice here, not a theological problem, but it creates a door because if it is a gift of God that we are able to speak under the unction of the Holy Spirit as a gift to, to edify, to build, to comfort, to encourage, then, then we've got to have it. The difference between rhetoric and prophesying is like night and day. It's just an understanding. You see, it's just a, in other words, a revelation. It's just something that the Holy Spirit reveals because the Holy Spirit gives to us uh, according to the will of God to operate under. And so when, when we need to build somebody up, edify someone, encourage someone, then the next thing we need to do is to grow in it Make that a part of our lives. I hope you're understanding me because, you see, uh, I, I'm trying to separate talk, cheap talk, from prophesying. When the preacher preaches under the unction of the Holy Spirit, a prophetic power is bestowed upon him or her to minister to others. But you got to have it. you got to look for it. And that's what I'm doing. I'm teaching in this area, and I have a lot of material in this area, and I already taught on this the last week, but I'm going to go over one more time and expand on one more time and, 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 and try to sort of convince you here that unless you are under the unction, under the anointing, and the power of the Holy Spirit, there will be no salvations. There's no, no, no salvation. In other words, the reason why People are convicted of sin, righteousness, and judgment is because the Holy Spirit is present to, to convict. How can you actually have a vocal ministry? Okay. John twenty-one twenty is when Peter came at the table where Jesus was sitting. It's a short table. It's no table. It's just on the floor, actually. And he sat close to Jesus and put his head 
on his chest on, on John 21, 20. And so the first, the first thing I want to tell you about a healthy prophetic life is to be that close to the, to the Lord. Is to have a life that is closer to Him in peace, closer to His presence, closer to His love, closer to His will. And that's John 21, 20. So in order to have a very healthy prophetic life, you've got to put your head on the chest of Jesus and hear His heartbeat. I'm trying to, trying to, to tell you that closeness to Him causes that to happen. Of course, worship is the doorway to receive the revelation from God. All revelation comes comes in through worship. That's the next thing. I thought, I thought about that. <clears throat> Why is it important? Because as you worship the Lord, as you, as you come into His presence, you hear His will. When you are hearing your head, you're not in the will of God. When you hear your theological ideas, it's not in the will of God. When you hear what you heard in a book, it's not in the will of God. And the will of God is when God reveals to you something you never heard before. Instead of you thinking, rationalizing, God reveals. And the revelation of God through the Holy Spirit to any believer is the beginning of a prophetic life. The revelation of God to any believer is the beginning of a prophetic life. Number three, <coughs> I already did this last two weeks ago. I'm just uh, re- reiterating and adding some things here. <coughs> Do you, are you accustomed to cooking? You know, you first, uh, you, you get a, a pot and you put in there uh, uh, some onions. And then you put in some, uh, what are the little things about this big that, that comes in in pieces and you take it out. It's got, it's onions and, and, and that's, huh? Well, uh, you, you just, uh, garlic. And you put pieces of garlic and cut it down. Then you put some, some, some chives there or anything that is of taste and a little oil and, uh, and a little water. And you begin to mix that a little bit and then you bring in the greens. And then you begin the reds, such as uh, 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 tomatoes cut into little pieces, and uh, and onions you cut into little pieces, and you begin to cook that, and then you put the rice in it, and you put some water and close the pot, and 20 minutes later you got rice with all that aroma and that taste and all of that. That's uh, that's what you see on TV these days when people are cooking. Okay, what happens is. When you begin to study this area, God begins adding the flavor of the Holy Spirit to your spiritual rice and make it a life. Now, you can cook rice and water, and it'll be just blah. But when you put all the other things on the bottom of the pot, and you cook a little bit until they turn a little brown, and you add the rice on it, it actually, the spices take over the rice and produces an aroma that makes the rice so good. 
I'm not a cook, okay? I'm talking about watching TV, and that's what I see. I've never done any rice or cooked any rice in my life. I cooked once, and I almost burned the kitchen. So, what is it that the Holy Spirit does? He takes your rhetoric and make it alive. Make it tasteful. Make it empowered. That's what the power of the prophetic does. Uh, you know, uh, when you study people like, uh, I would say, uh, uh, Barnabas, Barnabas had an aroma of his life that reflected in the life of others. You know, some of us are so stale. We don't quite, all we have is judgment, accusation, condemnation. We don't have uh, uh, the spices of life mixed to it. There's no joy. But under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, okay, it quickens. The words that you say are quickened by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy, and make, to make it a life. That's what I'm talking about. So, how do you hear from God? Well, some hear dreams, others pictures, visions, impressions, a word through the Scripture, all kinds of ways. God relates to us in all kinds of ways. For instance, I have, uh, I have, uh, when God wants to talk to me about something important, something very important, I actually hear, see a vision of what's in front of me. That has happened many times. Other times, as I was talking to someone on the telephone, God said to me, stay in Rio de Janeiro for 15 years. And I stayed in Rio de Janeiro for 15 years. So the word, prophetic word begins then to minister to me in a way that actually blesses my life and gives me direction as to what to do. All right. Now, number four. The prophetic has a, 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 a power. And the ratio here is, is one to one or to a hundred or to a million. But to a thousand, for instance, Jeremiah spoke prophetically about Israel, a whole nation. So you have to understand that at times when God begins to speak through you, your prophecy moves according to your faith. Now, Jesus had faith more than anybody else. But faith is something you acquire by studying the Scriptures, by living in the Word, by having intimacy with God. I talked about John 21, 20, putting your head on the, on the <coughs> chest of Jesus and hearing his heartbeat. God, give me this district. In terms of warfare, dealing with situations of warfare, you pray within boundaries. Let's say you have a problem within the building. You have a problem with the house that don't sell. You pick up a piece of wood, put a crimson red piece of cloth in it, go to your marks in your house, stake it to the ground, anoint it in the middle with oil, and consecrate that place and ask God to sell it because you need to sell. You see, it's a, a posture, a physical movement toward faith that initiates the prophetic. The prophetic moves as you as you ex, ex Exhale faith. 
The prophetic moves as you move in. For instance, you know, uh, <coughs> people tell me, it's this idea of anointing the pews of the church. You know, that's, that's Pentecostal. That comes from the assemblies of God. They do that, those kind of things. God is not going to bless a, a, a chair. Well, I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Why? Because in, in the tabernacle of Moses in the Midian Desert, God ordained Moses and Aaron and his sons to sprinkle water all over the utensils in every single part of the tabernacle of Moses in the desert. Remember the, the tabernacle made out of heavy carpets that made walls. Also, he asked them to anoint with oil, sprinkle oil. They asked him to sprinkle blood over the brazen altar, the labors, and all inside of the sanctuary, every single piece, the, the table that showed bread, uh, 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 the, 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 the table of incense, you know, the candelabra, you know, the, the, the candles, the, the 12 tribes of Israel, candles on the left side of the... Uh, so, so, so that's really this idea of, of, of putting anointing furniture is as old as Moses. Has nothing to do with Pentecostal, not at all. But you, you, you begin to understand that faith elevates itself and grows itself as you begin to act on what the Word says. Okay. Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6 had an interesting statement. He said, stir up the gift that is within you. Stir up. In other words, you're cooking a pot of, uh, of, of, uh, of beans. You stir it. It simply means it divides the heat. Right now the heat is at the bottom. The top is cold. You know when you drink, uh, when you cook some... Uh, <laughs> In the microwave, you cook some, some soup. You know, there's a little pot of soup I get from, a, from Trader Joe's, and I put it into the, into the microwave, and I'll cook it, okay? Three minutes. The bottom is spicy hot. I mean it's so hot, the top is cold. And, and, I, and, I, and I just went around and put another three minutes. Then I cooked the whole thing and just smelled everything, spressed everything. So I've been thinking... After three minutes, I'll take that pot of soup, put it down, and I'll stir it. The heat from the bottom is then mixed with the cold on the top, and there's an a, 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 a even heat. What the Holy Spirit does is He stirs the part of you that is hot, so all of you becomes warm and friendly to the voice. That's what prophecy does. It stirs that which has more heat. So stir up the gift. That is within you. Move in it. Shake in it. Amen. Am I helping you? Are you getting something like from here to this? Is this getting anywhere? You got to let me know. I've been teaching and preaching here. Uh, send me an email. RBM100 at lotterain.com. Tell me, Rick. Do it some more. Do it some more. And I'll do it. Amen. Okay, good. RBM100 at lotterain.com. Okay, good. All right. Next. This idea of movement 
is in Matthew 7, 7 through 11. Jesus says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. All of this implies movement. When you don't move spiritually, you become dormant. And so we have to act and do what's in front of us. Today I talked to a man in the Middle East. His name is Nesdek. And Nesdek is a simple man, a kind man, a gentle man. And he's in charge of our bus that we're going to rent. And I need a guide. And so I hired a guide today. And the funny thing is, is that uh, as I begin to let him talk, which is hard to do with me, <laughs> to let anybody talk. <laughs> I'm joking on me. I begin to notice that he is really a kind man, a gentleman. And so I'm going to send a nice email to him this morning and, uh, and love on him because God's going to use him. So as you ask, as you intercede, as you knock, as you plead, he's going to respond. You see, it's a movement. Look at uh, Matthew 7, 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, you give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to good gifts to your children... How much will the Heavenly Father give the, the gifts to those who ask Him? And so the idea of, of asking and pleading, interceding, is critically important in the prophetic movement. I, 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 I don't understand how can you try to be prophetic in your teaching and your preaching and your visiting. You know, uh, I'll tell you a story. My father had a Harley in a sidecar on the side. At 8 o'clock in the morning, my father would leave the house and spend the whole day knocking doors. Now, I remember he came up to a, uh, he came up to a, uh, a house, walked in. And begun to disciple the, the, the family. He introduced himself, asked him to sit down. And of course, God gave him favor. And so I believe that uh, the idea here is that you need to sort of uh, uh, ask, seek, and knock, intercede. Speak, say something. Amen. I was hearing the Lord a few minutes ago. Now, Jeremiah 33, 3. Call on me, and I will answer. And show you great things and mighty things which you do not know. Call on me. When you speak positively, calling upon the Lord, He will answer. And show you great and mighty things. Amen. Number seven. B 
Be totally focused on the Holy Spirit. Ask yourself, what are you hearing? Be totally focused on the Holy Spirit and ask Him what you're hearing. The way you're going to hear God is like He, he will sound like you. The voice of God is not, Oh, you there in Georgia. God will sound just like you, not something like that. The voice will sound just like you. God will give you, number, number eight, God will give you a sentence beneficial to the body or perhaps a word. Use faith and release that what God gives you. Like a string loosed on a sweater. You pull it and it comes out. Open, open, open your mouth and release it. Remember, the Holy Spirit will not move your mouth or override your will. The Holy Spirit will not move your mouth or override your will. Psalm 81.10 says, Open your mouth and I will fill it. Open your mouth and I will fill it. Psalm 81.10, open your mouth and I will fill it. Jeremiah 33.3, call on me and I will answer. Number nine, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is to every man. In other words, 1 Corinthians 12.7 is simply saying that what God reveals fits the human mind fits the human brain, fits the mentality of the person. Some of you are conservative. Some of you are very liberal. Some of you are, are, are very educated. Some of you are high school educated. Some of you are doctors, lawyers with different callings and different things you want to do in life. Uh, you can't compare a doctor, brain doctor, with a bus driver. It's a totally different concept of seeing life. The doctor with the brain, doctor, will see the parts of the brain, the neurons, how, how you know this part responds to this part, this part of the body responds to this part of the body. <coughs> Most brain surgeries are very complex. You've got to know what's there before you get in there. Well, a bus driver has a thousand pieces, four thousand pieces moving together as he makes a right turn at six in the morning with his white lights flashing all over on top of the bus. Uh, and passes by my condo uh, uh, here in Athens uh, at, at 20 miles an hour. And he knows how to turn that, 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 that bus between five or six mailboxes staring at him. Knows exactly how to move, how back up. How, okay. The manifestation of the Holy Spirit fits a bus driver in the same way it fits a brain, a brain doctor. A brain doctor. It has the ability to adjust to who you are. This is very important to every man, to every woman. And so why am I saying this? It's because the idea here is that the intellectual will have more understanding. Not really. The intellectual has a way of looking at it by comparison to other things. 
But the, the illiterate can... Listen, I, I've met people from Africa who never know how to, how to speak English and speak bad African. I mean, just very, very uneducated men, full of the power in the anointing of God. Full of the power in the anointing of God. So, so the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is to every man. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. You have to understand this concept. Because in your mind, you think you can talk to people and change their minds and change their position theologically by speaking to what they know. And, you know, imagine if I would come here this morning and say, it's a great privilege and joy for me to be with you today. Uh, I want you to know that I'm Rick Bonfim, Dr. Rick Bonfim, and I have uh, several degrees that I want to explain. That won't do it. The Holy Spirit ran out of the door. As a matter of fact, before too long, you don't know what's going on. Why is that the case? Because the Holy Spirit ministers individually to manifestation to every person and who they are, the way they are. Now, that takes a load of responsibility from your neck, doesn't it? Because if you prepare your sermons to rationalize with them, and a lot of people rationalize it. You know, it's so brainy that you sit down there and you say, My God, I just can't believe that uh, this man keeps on talking and I don't understand him at all. I do not understand him. He doesn't talk to me. It's because he's, he's using his brain to communicate and not the prophetic anointing of the Holy Spirit. Did I make a point there? Okay. One there. Amen. Now next. Number 10. The end result of all of this is to honor and to give glory to God that uh, what was lost in the garden may be returned to you. That's what born again means. The new Adam and the last Adam takes over the old Adam and you are a new creature in Christ, totally transformed from inside out. Now, here's where identity is returned to you. Look at Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5. It's a beautiful psalm. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visits him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And hast crowned him with glory and honor. And I tell you, when you are crowned with glory and honor by the Lord. When you find your place a little lower than the angels. You are a spiritual being that has to understand spiritual things and hear from God in spiritual ways and not create your pattern of communication. Uh, let me say, rhetoric is dead without the Holy Spirit. Rhetoric is dead. There's no fruits in it. My goodness, I have, I have more. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so prophecy releases the power of God. Do not center on the power, but on the heart of God. Remember 1 Samuel 2.35, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and mind. I want to be in the mind of Christ. I want to be in the heart of God. I will firmly establish his priestly house, and they will minister before my anointed 
one always. <clears throat> and they will minister before my anointed one always. And they will minister before my anointed one always. In other words, the Lord is saying, when you minister before Jesus always, it's prophetically. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, I want to say something. Now, God will give you a signal, a word, a thought that says, all of us are called to bring the loss to God. All of us are lost to bring the call of God to God. No, so number 13, the screen of your spirit or the cover is called imagination. The screen of your spirit or the cover is called imagination. The Lord speaks through the human spirit, not through imagination. The Lord speaks to the human spirit, not to imagination. So the screen of your spirit or the cover is called imagination. In other words, your spirit is covered by a thought that sees what is revealed beyond and above. The Lord speaks to the human spirit, not through imagination. You hear me? And so imagination is a screen over your spirit to take, take the cover, take the glory, take the sparks. But when the Holy Spirit comes in, he speaks to the human spirit, not to what you imagine. Okay, I think I have enough here, but there's more here. My goodness gracious, I'm going to leave just the way it is and talk to you tomorrow. The Lord bless you this morning. The Lord makes his face to shine upon you and give you peace. The Lord strengthen you to follow him and to be a blessing to others. The Lord mighty God anoint you. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for forgiving my sins and covering me with your blood. I thank you, Lord, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, there's no unforgiveness in me, that uh, I have forgiven anyone who trespassed against me, and I have forgiven myself if I trespassed against myself or anybody else. I ask, Lord, that uh, you cover me with your blessing so I can prophesy to the nations and edify it and build and comfort. Amazing God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit of God. I bless you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you come now, God, and talk to me, God. Speak to me. Minister to me, God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Pecador.